Nehemiah chapter 8. Guys, anybody cold? No? Comfortable? Just pretend it's like summertime and it's air conditioned in here. Right? You change your thinking. All right, Nehemiah chapter 8. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8, verse 1, all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street. Man, that sounds like the church. Remember, the church is a mystery, the Bible says. Uh, here we have a, a, a picture of the church. It just says one. That was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day, the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra described stood upon a pulpit of wood, just like this one, amen, and he, he uh, stood up above the crowd, and there was a pulpit. He made a little stage for him, uh, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood um, Math Matthiah and Shema and Ananiah and Uriah and, and Hilkiah and Messiah. On his right hand, on his left, Badiah, Mishael, uh, Micaiah, Hashem, and Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Verse 5, and Ezra opened a book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, because they had built up the stage and, and such. And when he had opened it, all the people stood up. Verse 6, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. Amen. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Jeshua, and Bani, and Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shebaniah, Hadiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Jezebed, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Let's stop right there. Lord, bless this time as we look into the perfect law of liberty. Bless your word, Lord. We thank you for it. Thank you for uh, reaching our hearts, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, and they began to weep when they heard the, 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 the Bible being read uh, because it, they seen how far gone they were. They seen how far away they were moved from the Lord. And these were people who have, um, in, in verse 1, the Bible says they were as one people. The Lord had united uh, God's people, and they were all in one right now. And they stood, and they, uh, they had Ezra, they brought Ezra, uh, who... God used to build the house of God again, amen? And Nehemiah was there now. Uh, and and the, God used Nehemiah. He was just a cupbearer for the king, amen? 
And when you, when you read that in chapter 1, Nehemiah is really referring to God. He said, I'm a, I was just a cupbearer of the king. And he was referring to the king on earth, but he was saying, really, God. Amen? Because he always refers to God first. Uh, so he's just a cupbearer of the king. I'm just a servant of God. That's all I am. That's all I am. Uh, and you had uh, Ezra, and then you had Nehemiah. Um, and the Bible says they brought the law. They asked Nehemiah, bring, bring the word of God out. Isn't it amazing how God preserved his word uh, when uh, they were taken to Babylon? And all through that time, God preserved his word, amen? And they were able to have it and bring it out. You see, Babylon, or Babylon came, Nebuchadnezzar came in, and they took everything, destroyed everything, flattened everything. Uh, but the word of God was preserved, and they had the word of God. Uh, and, they, and, and they were able to read the word of God. Now, when Nebuchadnezzar came in, they took the children. They took the young men for themselves. Uh, they took the daughters and, and used them up and sold them. Uh, they took the women. Uh, if the women were no good, they just, they just killed them off. And they took the best of the men and they just put them into slavery. That's what the world did. And the world, they took the families, they broke them all apart. That's how Daniel got it in his place. Uh, he was a young man. The Bible says they made him a eunuch. And they, uh, they, they made him serve Babylon. But thank God, Daniel was a man of God. And even in dire times, uh, Daniel served God and God blessed him. Daniel made the best of his situation. He says, I'm, I'm not able to serve, the God, uh, serve my God. I'm not able to serve the Lord in Israel because I'm taken away from there. But I can serve him here. I, I, I can't do what I would want to do as a man um, because I was robbed of all that. I can't have a family, uh, but I'm going to do my best. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord, even in a foreign land. Amen. Daniel took, and so did uh, the, the three young men that were thrown into fires, uh, fire, who, who uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw uh, the fourth, like the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, walking in the furnace. Amen. Uh, those men pledged in their hearts that they would not defile themselves in that foreign land. And we have the, uh, many more families that were destroyed and the young men taken. Listen, the world today is taking our, our children. They are taking the, the, the young boys, they're taking the young girls, they're taking our families away from us, and we're left with just a remnant of broken homes, of rubble all around us. Uh, the world is in a dire mess. It is getting worse and worse and worse. Children today, they don't know right from wrong. They don't know the morality of mankind has dwindled to nothing and has gone the opposite end of the spectrum to where uh, today they're calling what is good, they're calling it evil. And what is evil, they're calling it good. No longer it is a good thing to see a mom and dad anymore on TV. There has to be a perverted twist to it. No longer uh, is it okay what we know is right from wrong. It's, it's, today is called evil. So the people today uh, growing up, they don't know right from wrong. They've been robbed. They've been taken. And Daniel, uh, like Daniel, was stolen from his mom and dad. He was stolen uh, from his family. And the world has stolen uh, the, our families today. They're stolen our children. They're stolen uh, our moms. They're stolen our dads. Dads today don't have any strength. They've been kicked out of the family. They've been kicked out of the home. And the role of a dad has been twisted and perverted and 
uh, trampled over. And the role of a woman, a true role of a woman, has been perverted and twisted. And our women are in a mess, and our men are in a mess, and our children are in a mess, left by themselves, and our homes are in a mess. But here you have, after all of that, uh, God brought them back to Israel, amen? And it was a bunch of mess. It was rubble. But the first thing that was built was not the wall for, for safety. It was the house of God. Ezra went first and built the house of the Lord. And then Nehemiah came and he built the wall that surrounded everything. You see, it's utmost importance that we make God first in our lives. If you want to turn a mess into a masterpiece, if you want to salvage anything that's left in your life that's worth saving, if you want to keep yourself, uh, your lives from being destroyed, you must put God first. You would think that you would have to build the walls to protect what you have, but you, you don't. You need Christ, because where Christ is, there's safety. Where Christ is, there's blessing. Uh, no one can defeat the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Alpha and Omega, he's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Amen. One day Jesus Christ himself will ride down from heaven uh, and we will be, this, the saints will be right behind him. He's going to be on his white horse. Amen. He's not going to have an electric car. He's not going to have a helicopter. He's going to be riding an old-fashioned horse. And he's going to have the word of God in his hand, which is the sword. And with his word, he'll defeat all the enemies. They built the house of God first. Ezra being right here represented that uh, when they built the temple of God. And then Nehemiah came and he took, we, we went over all of this, how by nighttime, riding on the horse, uh, he had to climb over all the rubble and the rocks and the stones. And he said, oh, my Lord, how, how can we do this? For even my horse cannot pass through for all uh, the, the, the rubble and the, the burnt down wall, wall is, is just destroyed. It's a mess. I don't know where to start. But there was a fire in his heart. There was a cause. There was a call. And he trusted the Lord. And he got the job done. And God sent um, uncertain people. He sent the, the husband or, or just the father and his daughters, his little girls, that would help build that wall, amen? Uh, the nobles didn't put their necks to the work. They were too high and mighty. But God uses the baser sorts, amen? He uses the simple people. He uses the widows. He uses the people who have been there and, and gone through that, amen? He uses the ones who have gone through depressions. He uses the ones who have gone through sicknesses. And they got the job done without the nobles putting their necks to the work. We don't need you if you, if, if you think you're too high and mighty. God cannot use you. You just need to humble yourself, and God will give you the gifts, the strengths, the will, the heart, the resources to get the job done. And they got the job done. They built the walls. They built the walls, and they built them together. And up to this point, you had the temple built. You had the walls built. How did God provide it? We read also that there was a famine through all this. You know what? When it rains, it pours. But you see, God wasn't just building, uh, taking some, some uh, trodden under, uh, broke people. He wasn't just taking them and passing them on. He was molding them as well into weak to strong, broke to rich, prisoners to free, unskilled to skilled. God was taking you from point A to somewhere where you never thought you could be. 
That's our God, amen? And he's going to take a people, he's going to take a mess, and build a kingdom with them. And all those who put Christ first and who put God first were a part of that. And here you have all of that now in chapter 8. And when everything was done, what did they do? They said, we know what it was like when the nation of Israel turned away from God. We know what it was like when we seen our families taken away. We know what it's like to see broken homes. We know what it's like to see hurt people. We know what it's like to live in the world. We know what it's like, and thank God, God set us free. We know what it's like to be without the word of God. We know what it's like to be without church, and we don't want that anymore. We are here after all of this. We need to hear the word of God. They said we don't need a Right now, we don't need a party. Some people, they get a little rest and they just blow it all up. Give it all away back to the world. God blesses us and sometimes just throw it away. God gives us a little uh, time of grace and we use it up on ourselves. God uh, uh, sends down some rain and we sit on a couch instead of start planning, amen, and get ready for the harvest and and and. What you reap, that's what you sow. Amen? What you sow, that's what you reap. I always get them confused. Uh, But here you have in chapter 8, finally, all of that's over. And he said, bring out the word of God. We're not going to have our kids taken anymore. We're not going to have our families taken anymore. And the Bible says everyone, everyone was just as one people, one person, one man. They all had the same spirit. You know, we have the same spirit today. If you're saved today, you're in this church, we have the Holy Spirit of God. Now, if you are on the fence and you got one foot in the world and one foot in the Lord, you're not going to have the Holy Spirit of God because he's not going to share his glory with you. And you're going to come, you're going to feel something, you're going to feel like a a finger's point at you and you're going to start blaming people. But reality is, is that the Holy Spirit's pointing a finger at you. I've had people say, Pastor, you know, you're preaching against me. I don't even know your situation. How am I preaching against you? That's the Holy Spirit of God that's preaching against you. You better get, well, I don't know what you need to get right, but you got to get it right. Sometimes I need to get stuff right. And I get it right. Why? Because I want the Holy Spirit of God. I need to walk in the Spirit. They have one Spirit. Listen, to be one man, you got to be one blood. We got the blood of Jesus Christ. You're saved today. You got the blood of Jesus Christ running through your veins. We don't need politics in here. We don't need uh, all this uh, nonsense of uh, a race and everything else in, in here. No, we are one blood. We're Christians. One blood, one spirit, Christian, saved. Amen? What I was, I'm no more. I'm born again. Jesus said, you're not born also. No, that old man is gone. Any man made Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I could rip up my birth certificate. I got a new one. Amen? It's, this is not a, a federal, I, it doesn't count though. So keep your birth certificate, you're going to need it. Amen? But you know what I'm saying? One man, and he had the word of God. Thank God. You see here, we overlooked that. Thank God they brought out the word of God. 
God preserved his word. We, God preserved his word in Nahal. God preserved it. They weren't digging into it and saying, are you sure that's not your word, Ezra? When he was reading that, it was God's word. Why? Because it went right to the heart. And they knew it. They knew when they heard it, they started crying. They started weeping. Why? Because they saw how far they were removed. And they saw uh, and they remembered why we were once destroyed. Why our families end up like this. We, we get content. We get comfortable because of the blessings of God. And when the work starts dying out, we start getting too full of leisure. Letting ourselves go. Letting our standards go. But now is not the time. Now is the time to bring out the word of God and let it penetrate to the heart. And cry for the Lord. The Lord hath delivered us. He's kept us. And if you want to have a life that's worth living, Christian, you need to get under the word of God and get it in your life and be as one man for the Lord. They brought the word of God out. And the Bible says in verse 3, he read it before the men, before the women, and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive. They listened. They were hungry for truth, for the scriptures. Jesus said to Pilate, Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus said, my, my words are truth. And they're only revealed to those who are, who are seeking truth. Forget the wording, but that, that's what he was saying. And Pilate just walked away, went to the judgment hall, just ignored it. But right there was an opportunity for Pilate to get saved, but he never did. Jesus was offering truth. He was looking at him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was looking right at him. But those who are not seeking truth are blinded to truth. It might enter into the mind and you try to comprehend, but if your heart's not open to truth, you're blinded to truth. You'll never know truth. But these people, they were hungry. They were attentive. They said, we want to hear the truth. We want to remember and understand why. Why our families were destroyed. Why uh, we are in the mess that we got to our, in, in ourselves today. What had happened? Look around us. We're in a mess. We need to hear truth so that we don't have to be of it. Amen. We're in the world, but we're not of it. But the, the deeper we go, we, we start getting grafted back into the world. Slowly, the devil starts taking us and robbing us and taking our kids and taking our homes again, taking our families again. But you get back into the word of God and God starts opening your eyes as you're one man, you're one spirit and one blood. And he starts opening your eyes. You hear the word of God. And the Bible says, when he opened it, all the people stood up and he blessed the Lord. Verse six. And the Bible says when he read it, uh, verse 9, that Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, a Tershatha is just a position, a title from Persia. It was a Babylonian title. Because uh, Nehemiah, he, he still worked for the king in Babylon. He was not, uh, not going to be staying there. He only had a little time that he could be there. And he had to go back. He already, remember, he handed over to his, um, in verse, uh, chapter 7. Verse 2, he handed it over to Hananiah and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge. He gave him charge over Jerusalem because he was faithful. Nehemiah was already setting things in place because he had to go back. And Nehemiah, the church, he said, mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words 
of the law. Why? Because it broke their hearts. There's only one thing that could penetrate the heart. That's the word of God and make a change and make a difference. We need to hear the word of God. We struggle so much out of the issues, the Bible says, of our, our, of our lives. It comes from the heart. The way we think comes from the heart. Our actions come from the heart. And we can get our heart fixed. Everything will take care of itself. For out of the heart flow the issues of life. And this went right to the heart and it began to cry. But Nehemiah uh, 8 verse 10, he said, don't mourn, don't weep. For all the people wept. Verse 10 says, then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the, the sweet. And send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's one of the most popular verses in Nehemiah, amen? The joy of the Lord. Your joy, he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You can gauge your walk today by the joy of the Lord that you have shining out of you. When you're walking with the Lord, you got that joy. When that joy is being disturbed and poked at, and, and pressed down, that means you have some weakness going on. He said, the joy of the Lord right now is going to be your strength. This is a time of, uh, of worship. This is a time of getting ourselves back to the Lord. Why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? <laughs> Weep now. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. You would think it's the other way around. Sometimes when we sin, we're sorry for it. But how sorry are you going to be? How much sorry are you going to have? Listen, once you cast it on the Lord and once he forgives you, rejoice. Rejoice in his mercy. Rejoice in his love. Rejoice in his forgiveness. You can't walk around all day with your head down because you messed up. Lift your head up and rejoice for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. We need to joy in the Lord. We need to rejoice in the Lord. We need to praise the Lord. We need to bless the Lord. That's what Nehemiah was saying. He said, you heard the words of God. You've seen how wretched you are. You've seen how far removed you are. You've seen what you should be doing and you're not doing anything at all. And they start getting full of sorrow. We're no good. We're just a mess up. Uh, we sinned against the Lord. God's going to judge us. Nehemiah said, put your heads up. God's going to bless you. He already has. Look around you. Keep your heart. Because it was all about the heart. It was never about the do's and don'ts. It was all about the heart. People, you keep humble. Keep humble for the Lord. And the Lord will preserve you. Keep humble under his mighty hand of blessing. He that dwelleth under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. He that abideth under the shadow of the... No, he that dwelleth under the shadow of the Almighty shall dwell in the courts of the Most High. I think I got that right. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's a strength right there. You know, the devil's good... I'm going to close. The devil's good at stealing our joy away. He is. He'll steal it over our sin as if we don't have a forgiving God. He'll steal it over despair 
as if we don't have a healing God. He'll steal it over persecution as if God doesn't defend us and bless us. He'll steal it over uh, famine as if God will not provide for us. But throughout all that I just named, God has proven to them, these people, that he was with them all the way. And it was never about you. It's always been about him. You see, we can easily put ourselves above the Lord. You know when you sin, when you mess up, you can still make it about you. Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm no good. I'm a sinner. That's good to say. But how long are we going to say it? I, 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 I. How about this? Lord, you are so good. And I'm not. You are so forgiving. And I'm just a sinner. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being with me. Lord, make it about him. Worship him. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. So the Levites, they stilled all the people. We're going to close with this verse. They stilled all the people saying, hold your peace for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. They went away rejoicing in the God who forgave them, who blessed them, who got them through. If that is worshiping the Lord, if that is rejoicing in the Lord, then when should we ever stop? God will do the rest. He raised up an Ezra. He raised up a Nehemiah. He provided. He got them through. Let God do what he does best. And let us do what we can do for God. And put him first. The world is good. The devil's good at stealing away our joy. And everything that is good that God has declared right. According to the word of God. But today, rejoice. Rejoice. And let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Right now, we're going to take the time. We're going to pray. Let's all, um, Brother Johnny, we could play the piano. You got the prayer requests. You wrote them down. Uh, let's spend time. Let's get the joy of the Lord back in our lives. Amen. Let's go away. Not with our heads down. He had to stop them and say, no more. Rejoice. This is not a time of sorrow. This is a time of joy. You say, Pastor, I'm no good though. Rejoice, for God is good. You don't know what I've done. Rejoice in what he's done. We have people to pray for. We have a revival on Sunday. Maybe there's things we need to bring before the Lord to get right. Now's the time. And rejoice, for God hears you. The altar's open. You can come down and pray. Take your time. This is our prayer time, our prayer service. Don't rush it.
take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Take your time. Lay out everything you can. Pray. Pray for people. Pray for the prayer requests. Pray for salvations on Sunday. Amen. Well, that concludes, everybody's done praying. That concludes the service. Amen. So uh, be in prayer for the revival and uh, invite people out. We have Pastor Young coming. I think Haiti, right? You first came when, with Pastor Young, right? That was her, and that was two years ago. So, uh, and the family, of course, you know, Juanita and Victor and um, I believe uh, others as well. So the Lord does work in those special times, uh, remember. Uh, so be a part of that. Invite somebody and be on them. You invite them. What you do is you invite them. Um, one time, sometimes I trick them too. Hey, what are you doing Sunday? <laughs> oh, don't say, hey, you want to go to church Sunday? Don't say that. What are you doing Sunday? Like, like you're going to take them out to eat or something. Oh, nothing. Why? Oh, we got church. Oh, I just, nope. Not doing anything. You got them. And, uh, and then, you know, and then you work it. Uh, try to, you know, text them that morning. They're going to say, oh, they overslept. All those excuses. Yeah, you, yeah right. You know, sleep. Uh, all those excuses. Uh, but text them in the morning, you know, and, and keep on them. Keep, pray. Pray for them and so forth. So, amen. And get them out. Well, uh, I will see you uh, Sunday. Amen for the revival. And uh, thank the Lord for um, that, the time that's coming. Amen. We're going to have great food as well after every service. So, God bless you. Amen.